1: Part three of, of today's show is just kind of me sharing my thoughts on just what's coming right now in college football and and even pro football to a degree. It's 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 almost kind of hard to grasp what happened yesterday. When you look at you know, just what just what happened in in coaching yesterday. I mean, you have the college level. Nick Saban leaves. He retires. In the NFL, you talk about Bill Belichick. Art retires. What? What did he win? Seven Super Bowls? Something crazy like that? I, I think it was seven, six, maybe. Let me let me look it up. I think it was seven because Brady won seven, right? So, you're talking about a guy that in his coaching career won one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's see here. Give me one second, everybody. Let me find this information. Yeah, eight times Super Bowl champion. Some of those were as assistant coaches. So, no, did he win eight Super Bowls as a coach? So, let me see here. They won in 01, 03, 04. Yeah, six as a head coach. And then 14, 16, and 18, right? And then Brady's seventh was with the Buccaneers. That's right. So he's got the won six Super Bowls, more than any coach in history. Won two more Super Bowls as an assistant coach. Unfortunately, I remember one of those because he was against the Broncos, which I'm still not super thrilled about, by the way.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: You know, you could argue the greatest coach to ever to ever do it, right? He's not at the he's he's gone. He's not with the Patriots anymore. And and the the place where he did had all that success, he's gone. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl, um, almost won a second Super Bowl, won what, one and a half national championship college football. I mean a Hall of Famer, and he's out. So just in twenty-four hours, you have these legends that are just out, all for different reasons. Some guys left on their own others were let we're told you can't be here anymore even if you wanted to and then you're i believe this is my belief and, and i know a lot of people that that share this that that believe this as well based on the intel that we've all received i think it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that jim harbaugh is going to leave you know and and so you're talking about saban's gone harbaugh's gone you know, there's rumblings about Kirby Smart might interview the Falcons. I don't know how much I believe that. That would surprise me, but you're hearing it about the frustration. And I've heard about the frustrations he's had. I've heard for a while. You've you've got all these different things kind of going on. You know, is Dabo ever going to be the same? Urban Meyer's not in coaching anymore. He's been out for a few years, but he's not in it. A lot of the coaches that kind of dominated the sport for most of my life are just not in the game anymore. And here's why that matters, because – these programs aren't going to be the same. That doesn't mean they're not going to still be really good. Doesn't mean Alabama can't still compete for championships. But with all due respect, whoever replaces Nick Saban's not Nick Saban, right? So you know, if, if a guy comes in and in ten years wins two national titles, that's not as good as Nick Saban. And so you look at Michigan and the guy that built that program up. I think is going to leave. You've got Urban Meyer gone. So I mean, for over over the course of ten years, almost every title exception of what? A couple, you know, Urban won it in 14, Saban won it in 15, Dabo won it in 16, Saban won it in 17, Dabo won it in 18, Orgeron won it in 19, Saban's back to wing in in 2020. I mean, so you're talking about, you know, three Hall of Famers, two of them are gone. One of them is in a program where, you know, will he be able to get that program back on track? We'll find out. And so to me, you look at it and you're just like, you know, the game's changing. The game's changing a lot. And you've got all these things happening in college football. You've got conference realignment. You've got the expansion of the 12-team playoff. You've got all these different things that are happening in the game. And you just start asking yourself, like, at least I do. I'm speaking for myself here. What does this mean for Notre Dame? And, I, and, and the, the biggest thing is, I don't know what it means for Notre Dame. I have no idea. As far as how it will play out for Notre Dame. But here's what I absolutely know: this is an opera, this is a window for Notre Dame. You have Alabama has been slowly descending in recent years. And when I mean descending, it means from the dominant program to now they're one of the six or seven best programs. Now that descent to me continues with Saban being gone. Part of it depends on who they hire. If they hire Sark, I think there's some potential there for them to kind of maybe be better than what they've been at least the last couple of years. We'll see. If they miss out on Sark and Dan Lanning, now you wonder where they're going to turn. And, and will that hire be able to be overly effective? Could they really take a step back? You know, Florida's not the same program it used to be. Josh Heupel's doing some nice things at Tennessee, but but they've, they, they're, they're further behind than Notre Dame is right now. You know, Georgia's obviously was a, has been a great program for the last you know four years. Can they continue that or not? That's I think that's a fair question. And when I mean continue, I don't mean are they going to be a title contender again. Of, of course they will. I mean Kirby's recruiting too well, and he's too good of a football coach. But my thing is, is you know they've looked a lot different as a as a team in the non todd Munkin years than they looked in the Todd Munkin years. I, I think that's not really debatable. You know, so so, yes, they're going to be a dominant title contender most years over the next five, six years, no doubt. But will they be that dominant team that just runs through college football over a two-year period like they did in the last couple of years? I, I don't know. You know, Ohio State, that's another interesting program. They're still very good, but are they as good as they were in the urban years? No, they haven't been. Are they even as good as they were the first couple of years of Ryan Day? No, they haven't been. Do they get back on track? Do the moves that we anticipate – uh, Dan Mullen making the, the this offseason are they gonna are they gonna be just are they just like rearranging the tech the 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 chairs and the, the the Titanic right or the deck chairs on the Titanic is the old expression or are they gonna be things that actually save the program and get the program back on track. We're gonna find out but the point is while they are down you have a chance to close the gap even further. That's the opportunity in front of Notre Dame and I I do believe that the Notre Dame coaches and recruiting staff know what's in front of them. My hope is is that the school also understands the window that has now opened up in Notre Dame. Do I expect Ohio State to no longer be a title contender? I'm not saying that. I think that they will be because they're always going to be very talented. Is Bama going to all of a sudden become an 88 you know um, an eight and four win football team? No, they're still going to be very good but they're not going to be what they were under Saban. Michigan, if Harbaugh leaves is not going to be the team. That's the back to back to back playoff team. With all due respect to Sharon Moore, whoever replaces him, Jim Harbaugh's a a great coach, weird cheater, whatever. But the fact is, is a great coach. You've now got some powers that are rising Washington and Oregon with the, what those two coaches have done in two years, what Sark is doing at Texas, assuming he stays there. So, there's this there's this changing of the guard happening. And then right in the middle of it, to me, is Notre Dame. And you look at what some second year coaches have done. Dan Lanning has won 10, 11 games the last couple of years. What won the Fiesta Bowl this show over Liberty? whoop de doo Don't really care about that. You know, but then you look at what he did in his first year. Taken over from Mario Cristobal and they had their disappointing season that I thought they had the year before. And in this first year, they go 10 and three and they go out and beat North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. So somebody in the chat said that they have two New Year six victories. No, they do not. They've only got one New Year six victory. The Holiday Bowl is not a New Year six victory, New Year six game, but it's still impressive. It's still an impressive victory. Okay. So he's done some nice things. He has gone in his two years with no head coaching experience. You know, Dan Lanning has gone, was it 21 and 5? 22 and 5 in two years. And he just turned down the potential to be considered by Alabama. Kalen DeBoer comes to Notre Dame or to Washington, takes over for a a four and eight football team. And in two years, they went, was it 25 and 3 in two years? So, you're sitting there in a situation where Notre Dame has done some good things 19 and seven. They're 10 and three this year. They're going to finish in the top 15. They've got a great recruiting class coming in. They've already got a very talented freshman class on campus. You've got a really good portal class coming in. You just hired a great, you know, I believe to be a great offensive coordinator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Notre Dame is a, in that situation where, as some of these programs are either descending or in a, a step back period before they step back up you're now in a situation in Notre Dame where you can say, hey, we need to seize advantage of this opportunity.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: What does that mean? Making strong coaching hires, winning games against those teams that you have to win, you know, taking advantage of it. I've talked about this before. Mike D'Antonio did a phenomenal job during a period of time when Michigan and Ohio State were down, of beating those teams on the field and then using that to then springboard into recruiting success. And that's something that's in front of Notre Dame. Go out and beat up Texas A&M next year. Beat USC again next year. Beat Florida State next year. That's another program that's going to be down a little bit. They're still going to be very good. They're still going to be a top 25 team, maybe even a top 10 to 15 team. But they're it's highly unlikely they go 13-0 next year. And if they do, that's very disappointing for Notre Dame. But they're still going to be good. But can you take advantage of getting that W over them and getting that W over Lincoln Riley? Again, another guy that was considered an elite top five-day to coach that you now have a chance to show, hey, we're two and three against this guy or two and one against this guy now. One, two out of three. Those are all things that matter. That if Notre Dame can go out there these next two years, and, and earn some of these wins that they have a chance to, to, to earn over the next two seasons, that all of a sudden starts to impact you, what you do on the recruiting trail. And, and my whole point is Marcus Freeman's already doing a good enough job on the recruiting trail to get you fired up about what's coming down the pike, right? Imagine if you start stacking up victories. And I've we said this coming to this season. That's why I thought this season was a missed opportunity because if they could have beat – you know, just one of Louisville or Clemson and finished 11 and two, that says a lot about, you know, who Marcus Freeman is. But if he starts winning 11, 12, 13, 14 games a season and starts showing, Hey, we can contend for a title. Now, all of a sudden that kid that you thought you had a chance at getting, but ultimately went to Bama Keon Keely. Now, all of a sudden, You're winning those games. You're proving you compete for a championship. That means you're putting guys in the NFL. Now, of a sudden, maybe you win that next battle against Keon Keely. Maybe you win that next battle for Peyton Bowen. Maybe you win that next battle for an Elijah Rushing. Maybe you win that next battle for pick a big-time kid that Notre Dame has barely missed on over the years. You start winning those battles, and those things are all part of it. And that's something, to me, that you start getting excited about, the opportunity being there. And one of the things we were complaining about as college football fans a year ago, two years ago, is we were kind of sick of the same teams being there year after year after year. With the exception of LSU popping up that one time, I mean, you had from 15 to what, 15 to 21, it was Bama Clemson, Bama Clemson, Bama Georgia, Bama Clemson, LSU Clemson, Bama, Georgia, or no, Bama, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia. Then all of a sudden, TCU sneaks into the title game, beats Michigan and gets to the title game. This year, you had two new teams in the title game, three new teams, well, two new teams to the playoff. Wait a minute, hold a second. No, only one new team to the playoff. Two new teams to the championship game, Michigan and Washington, because Washington had been in in 16. And so you start looking at it, and you start saying to yourself, like, man, like there's a window opening up, a very clear window. Washington did it, Michigan did it, you know, TCU did it. Why can't Notre Dame do it? And the reality is, they can. And this off is more exciting to me than maybe than last, no question, than last seasons because last season was filled with, you know, you y- y- Tommy Reese leaves. And you think you're going to get Andy Ludwig, which means you think you're also going to get his offensive line coach. Because when Tommy left, Harry Hestand left. To he not only lost your offensive coordinator, but that was then that kind of led to you losing a legend as of an offensive line coach. He leaves. You have all that fiasco with Andy Ludwig. Jared Parker gets promoted. I actually liked that promotion once the Andy Ludwig thing went through, but it created such a toxic environment that Jared, Andy, Jared Parker was never going to get the fair shake from a from a chunk of the fan base that I think he deserved to say, let's see how he does in year one and then build to year two. You know, you look at a lot of the different things that were happening. You lose Brian Mason, who was, in my opinion, was the best special teams coordinator of college football. And you're like, good Lord, can we take any more, you know, kicks to the nuts this year? Like, this is ridiculous. And then the season's a disappointment, and you just kind of, even though they were still a ten and three team or a nine and three team, a top twenty team, you just kind of felt like, man, this year sucked. Twenty twenty three sucked, and then you look at kind of what's happened this off season. You know, you fire a coach that needed to be fired. You know, you you, you talk about you, you're. I'm hoping that Jordan Parker can do a good job in year two. I'm optimistic. I'm I'm, I'm encouraged by some of the things. You know, I had said and heard from him and others. You know, but then he leaves, and you replace him with Mike Denbrock. I, I really like Jared Parker. I thought he had potential. But, folks, it's not Mike Denbrock. He's not as good as Mike Denbrock. He's not as proven and established as Mike Denbrock. That's exciting. You know, you, you, you make the, the decision to fire Chancey Stuckey, and you replace him with a guy that I didn't know a whole lot about early on, but as I study him more, I learn more about him, I have people that tell me things about him, and then you study the tape. You're like, good night. This kid's a good football, a good football coach. This guy, he's, you know, and and you look at what Chad Bowden and the recruiting staff have done this year, holding that 24 class together. They start beating Ohio State on the recruiting trail. I mean, the, the year began with us feel in our feelings about losing Justin Scott to Ohio State and then Peyton Pierce to Ohio State. Since then, Notre Dame has beaten Ohio State for Kingston Viliama Asa, Gerby Lambert, Riley Leonard, and now most recently, Christopher Burgess She said, good Lord, we never could beat a- like the only coach that could beat Ohio State for recruits with any consistency. The last 10 years was Harry Easton. That's it. Beat him for Liam Eikenberg, Tommy Kramer, you know, Zeke Correll, guys like that. Now you're beating them for linebackers and defensive ends and, and quarterback in and the portal and guys like that. And you start to say, boy, this is I like this universe. I like the fact that Notre Dame is. Is get beating Bama for guys like they did with Benjamin Morrison. You now, I like the fact that Notre Dame is holding off Bama trying to flip guys and holding off Georgia trying to flip guys and holding off Ohio State trying to flip guys. You know, th- this is fun. You're winning some of these battles that in the past you, you'd have bowed out before. You wouldn't have lost the guy. You'd have bowed out. You start getting excited about it. And then all of a sudden, Sabin leaves and Harbaugh's leaving and all these kind of things. And all of a sudden, you start thinking about, man, there's a window there for Notre Dame. So you went from 23. I went, I don't speak for you all. I am curious in the chat if you guys feel the same way, but I kind of went from this year sucks in so many ways. I dealt with health issues all year. My wife dealt with some health issues. We've had a huge major flood in our house. That's going to cost us a ton of money to fix. That's going to start here in the next few weeks. So we're going to be living upstairs with nothing but construction workers in our bottom two levels for two for two weeks or a month and a half. You know, mom having health issues, Notre Dame disappoints, the coaching ridiculousness. You have all the decommitments that happened a year ago and you're thinking, man, this sucks. Like I'm being a Notre Dame fan is 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 taxing. It's tiresome, it's frustrating. And there just was a sense of this is just our lot in life that was happening. And to see how much it's changed in a month with the hires, the portal pickups, the recruiting class signing, Saban retiring, Harbaugh's probably going to leave, all these different things are happening. The 12-team playoff comes next year. And all of a sudden, just like that, I'm fired up. I'm as fired up as I've been about this program in a very long time. But the reality is that can go away just as quickly as it arrived if you don't take advantage of the opportunity that's presented to you. And when Nick Saban retires, I don't care who he replaces him with, that guy's not going to be good as Nick Saban. I don't care who replaces Jim Harbaugh, that guy's not going to be as good as Jim Harbaugh. That's a window. That's an opportunity that's there for Notre Dame. You're proving you can handle the portal and have success. You're recruiting. You can go recruit in the NIL and have success. And NIL is actually a benefit for you. There's a lot of things happening. Your school is paying for coaches. They're investing in the program in ways they haven't in a long, 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 long time. And now all of a sudden it's like the opportunity is there. Can you take advantage? That's the question. And, but that's also what I'm very excited about. It is, I will say this guys, it is in gals. It is truly the most excited I've been about the chance that Notre Dame can compete for a title and in a way where I don't have to jump through mental hoops to convince myself that it's possible if this, 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 this happens. But where you're like, dude, you've got the you've got the staff in place at certain spot, key important spots. You've got the talent to go out there and say, we don't need you to come out here and say we need. We need this to go right. We need this to happen. We need that guy to get hurt. We need this to happen for us to compete with that team. Now you look at it and say, I hope the coaching staff doesn't screw this up because I'll take that guy, that group against that gr- any group in the country. I'll stack when was the last time we said I'll stack Notre Dame's entire cornerback depth chart up against anybody in the country? I'll stack Notre Dame's de- running back depth chart against anybody in the country. I'll stack Notre Dame's quarterback depth chart looking to the future up against anybody in the country. I'll stack Notre Dame's linebacker recruiting in the last two years up against anybody in the country. And honestly, the receiving class is getting close to being there. And you've done that without taking a step back at tight end, without taking a step back in the offensive line. You start saying, and now all of a sudden, what's the one position we're concerned about? Safety. You just landed a top 50 kid. You landed another top 250 guy. And you've got an opportunity coming up if you can convince Jadon Blair to come to get another top-100 caliber player. That's the weakness that's been going on 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 recruiting. And so now it's about, okay, this is all great. Now go do it. And that's the opportunity because if Notre Dame doesn't do it, then eventually the recruiting fades. Eventually the portal kids stop coming because they're going to say, I want to go somewhere where I can compete for a championship. Right now there's a level of faith being shown to Marcus Freeman by recruits, by parents by the administration because of who he is and the belief thing, the belief structure he has and what makes a champion, but you have to go prove it. And the opportunity, the window that has opened up for Notre Dame is giant. And you start getting excited about if they can just kick down that door, then this team can go do something and become the power that we all know they can be and hope that they can be that a lot of us my age and older, that was used to be the world we lived in. And it would be awesome for the younger fan base to get to know what that's like. It would be awesome for Ryan to get to know what that's like in ways that I got to experience from 88 to 93. And there's some of the other folks experienced in the 60s and 70s under era. It'd be great to be able to experience that, where it's not just that one year, that one great year, but that one year was great. And I can't wait to see what this team can be next year. And I'm excited for that. But here's the thing, folks. The opportunity is there. The window is there. It's now up to Marcus Freeman, his coaching staff, the recruiting staff, the, the support staff, and the University of Notre Dame's leadership to say we're going to do what it takes to seize hold of this opportunity that's in front of us and go out there and and take what's ours, which is the top spot in college football. That's an exi- It's an exciting time, and I'm fired up to get there. And we'll see if they do it or not. Going to go to the mailbag next, folks. But before we do, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that if you're listening via podcast platform. And as always, I'm telling you, don't miss out on what we got going on the Irish Breakdown podcast or on the Irish Breakdown message board, the Champions Lounge. You can find that at boards.irishbreakdown.com. It's always scrolling at the bottom of the screen every single day. You're definitely going to want to check that out. Lots of good stuff going on there. So definitely check that out. And as always, make sure you stay tuned to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. (laughs)